Welcome to the Teach Starter Podcast, where teaching inspiration begins. At Teach Starter, we help teachers and their students have more of those amazing aha moments in the classroom. We think teaching is the best job in the world, and we're here to help you thrive, teachers. Let's do this. I'm Bron Brady, and today I'm with Casey Hall, and Mr. Hall is an amazing teacher. He teaches in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome, Casey. Hey, everybody. I'd really love if you could just tell us a bit about your background in education. I grew up in public school system here in Atlanta, Georgia, um, so I'm kind of, I guess, the metro Atlanta area, really, so kind of... Uh, born into the system, went through the entire grade school and public school system. So um, that's kind of my background in that. Uh, when I got to college, um, I thought I wanted to be a high school band director, actually. So um, I'm a music teacher for kindergarten through fifth grade. And so originally I wanted to be a high school band director, which is uh, interesting to um, the dichotomy of switching from high school to elementary school. What made you decide to change? Because it's a pretty big um, shift to to decide to change from uh, high school to primary school. So what made you decide to end up in the end going to primary? Yeah, um, I've always... Uh, I've always liked uh, children uh, and kids in particular. I just think they're imaginative and funny and silly and goofy. And um, so I've always liked that about kids. Um, And so I think I wanted to be a high school band director originally because um, of what, you know, the impact that my high school band director had on me. And I wanted to be able to have, have that impact for someone else. But actually, um, while I was in doing my undergrad um, degree, I actually... Uh, had to have a part-time job. So uh, I taught recreational gymnastics um, at a local gymnastics uh, gym. And um, I taught from two-year-olds to 11-year-olds. So, uh, you know, a lot, a a big wide span of age. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) For the four years that I did that, um, I think I just kind of fell in love with how, how I could be silly and funny without any judgment. And you know, just again, how like imaginative and creative and silly and how learning is basically a game to them. You know, they're trying to figure their own lives out. They're trying to figure out things and they're doing that in a way that makes sense to them, which is play. And so I was very attracted to that um, as, uh, you know, a a mini educator at that time or a young educator. Um, And so that's actually what made me switch. So I kind of dove straight into um, elementary education um, as kind of my focus area. So at least at my college that I was in, my certificate is for kindergarten through 12th grade. So entire grade school, I am certified to teach, but you kind of have more of a primary focus. And so I switched over to um, elementary education and have loved it ever since, wouldn't turn back, (laughs) wouldn't want to go teach high schoolers at this point. No, Um, so you made a really good decision, you can see in hindsight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was right for you. It's been really awesome, yeah. Oh, that is so great. It's so lovely. I wish everyone could actually see how um, glowing you are talking about your profession <laughs> because you just your face just lit up just then talking about those little kids and Thank and you. the attraction of play-based learning and everything. And I totally get that because I'm an early years teacher as well. So it is really special to see that um, the, the quick development that occurs, but the, the fun and engagement as well. So And also, I could not teach secondary school either or high school. <laughs> No way. (laughs) 
Yeah. So you said yeah. you mentioned that you teach in Atlanta, Georgia, and mm-hmm. in our previous conversation, you kind of alluded to the fact that there are some things that are really unique or particular to the context in which you teach. Could you delve into that a little bit for us? Because I think that there are some things that are quite unique to that to the US um, education system, but particularly where you are with within you know environmental, um, political, economical cultural all sorts of different areas atlanta is a very is is an individual city in its own right so could you tell us a little bit about that um so atlanta i think it you know for living here pretty much my entire life um and now living in the city center itself now to me atlanta is a very diverse place to live we have the largest international airport and so i think that draws in a lot of um diverse cultures and stuff like that so I love I love that aspect about Atlanta. I think that that's a very uh, again a very attractive thing um, for me just as a person, just to have that diversity. One of the things to answer your question about just the environmental and economical stuff that has happened um, due to you know racial segregation here in the United States, which is incredibly unfortunate um, and is a terrible thing to have happened, um, but. Sadly, it's still a um, institutionalized, um, honestly. And so in the district that I teach, it's a very large district. It's the fourth in Georgia, uh, excuse me, fourth largest in Georgia. So it's we teach uh, almost around like 95,000 students um, a school year. So it's, it's a, a lot of a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah. And the one of the issues that I see because of the racial or the institutionalized um, segregation and the uh, the race factor is that because of that segregation that happened, the area of Atlanta in general is segregated itself, you know, based on um, household income, um, what families could afford and where, what was considered a not, you know, quote unquote, nice neighborhood to live in. Um, and so uh, Fulton County in particular is really, as a, it's a large district, but it's also a very, if you could see it on a map, it's a very thin district. We kind of have a north county and a south county um but we are one district it's just kind of how we have to split up our, our learning communities because we are such a large district the south county because of institutionalized segregation is much uh lower um social uh with like socioeconomic status than the north side is and that's i think due to that segregation aspect and so where i teach i teach in the south part of the city so most of my students and all the students that I've taught for, I've only taught in the south part of the city. So a lot of my a lot of my students are you know have the low socioeconomic status, and as opposed to people, some of my colleagues in the north um, part of the district who are more affluent, funds are more readily available, parent involvement is more readily available. And that's some stuff that I don't really see in my part of the district. So it is an interesting dichotomy to be in one district but have this this kind of environmental conundrum that we're having. Um, but that's and that's not to say as an excuse for my students to at you know or for any of the teachers the the school system itself to as an excuse to say, well, these kids are just going to be like this because institutionalized poverty. You know what they all the the data that. 
um, is about how kids getting out of poverty, how it's very rare for that to happen and stuff like that. But I don't think we use that as an excuse um, for our students who are performing low. I think a lot of the teachers try to break that barrier where that's not the issue. This- and, I'm, and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm one, one teacher teaching in South County, you know, it's one perspective that I see. And, you know, as I did my master's degree and really um, was looking at, you know, the cult, more cultural things like race and stuff like that. That's just things that I noticed um, as a teacher, as a, especially as a white male in the U.S. and teaching in a predominantly African-American school district um, where I teach at. So. Did you decide to do your master's in that area after you started teaching in, that dist- in the, the southern end of your district or was it always in your mind that that's something that you wanted to do? Honestly, I just two years ago got my master's degree. It was in music education, which is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But um, my thesis was centered around um, being culturally relevant to my students, which I thought was very important. And um, so that was that was a decision that was based off of my teaching experience that I had had previously. Um, But I did not particularly choose to teach in South County as like a almost like white savior syndrome. Like that's not what I was doing. It was just whatever job was available at the time. Yeah. And I got the job and kind of made it work and figured out what I needed to do as an educator for my students, you know, not the other way around where like, Oh, I'm so unhappy because my students are not like me or my students are terrible or blah, 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 you know? So I made the conscious effort because I was willing to make a change for my students and myself. So that kind of fueled my master's thesis that I worked on um, getting in my master's. So, As educators, we talk a lot about ourselves being lifelong learners. And I think that, that what you've done is a perfect example of being a lifelong learner in that you identified something that you felt you would like further study in and then you pursued that alongside being a full-time worker and being in the classroom on the ground with the kids as well. So that's, you know, teachers like you are such an asset to our profession because um, self-betterment and continuation of learning is what it's all about for us. And that's a great example for the students too. It filters down, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun. Like I, you know, like when I did my end up, ended up graduating, I showed my pictures, you know, my graduation pictures to my students, like, you can do this too, kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and, you know, just, I guess, to kind of circle back for a minute, in, in my perspective, me as, as the educator and educators in general, if we are not being relevant to who our students are, we are doing them a disservice. And that could be something as like, not racially or, you know, um, economically fueled, but, Um, just things like I was teaching a traditional like British folk song to my students and they were sitting there like what is he teaching like he's like this is they were like this is so lame I could tell from their body language you know they're not tracking with me they think I'm so lame and so I went and got my I went and got my djembe out and started just doing like a a rap rhythm and immediately their interest was peaked and they by the end of the class were like singing the song out to the neighborhood across the street they were singing so loud they wanted to share it with their teacher when the teacher came to pick them up from my music room like it was a complete 180 with their engagement and so that really that was kind of the moment where I was like okay this is something important this is something that I'm gonna have to work on 
for the betterment of my teaching for my students. So, um, yeah, so that was what my whole master's thesis was, just researching different cultural pedagogies and using those to basically drive your instruction. So even though we have, we have to teach these certain things with these certain standards, um, I'm doing it in a way that they can understand outside of the classroom and make those connections. So it's really about reflecting on what you are teaching, like the standards, and then how you're teaching it based on who your students are. So, um, yeah, so that has been a very um, impactful part for me as an educator. Casey, you're just the most lovely guest and so easy to talk to. And your passion for teaching just comes straight through that screen. So, <laughs> Thank you. Good on Appreciate you. Appreciate that. All right. You have a lovely day. Thank you so okay. much. You too. Okay, have bye. a good night. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Visit teachstarter.com to view all our engaging and easy-to-use classroom resources.